This is the Think LA podcast from Los Angeles, the center of advertising, marketing, and media. Thank you for joining us again. I'm Don Lupo, Director of Marketing with ThinkLA, and today we have a very special episode with our Media Leaders Roundtable. Every aspect of our industry has been affected by this pandemic, and in this discussion, we're fortunate to have leaders in the Los Angeles media community discussing the effects on brands, consumers, the market, and where we go from here. Our host is Susan Franceschini, Executive Director of ThinkLA, and our moderator is Mark Egan of Mediacom. Our panelists include Paul Wilmington of Canvas Worldwide, Serena Duff of Horizon Media, and Daniele Cohen of Mindshare. We hope you enjoy this. Okay, let's get rolling. Good morning, everyone. I'm Susan Franceschini. I'm Executive Director for ThinkIA. Welcome to our Think Thursdays webinar series. We're thrilled to have you here with us today. We've got a great program lined up for you. A couple things before we get started, a few reminders to make sure to check out the Think LA website and be sure you're signed up for our newsletter. We've got some cool new things in development. You won't want to miss out on those things like everybody else. We're going virtual, so be sure to stay on top of that. Uh, we're fortunate to have a great group of media leaders with us today um, to share their insights, their perspectives, and a look to the future and what might actually afford us a unique opportunity to do things differently moving forward. So I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Joining us today are our panelists, Serena Duff, Executive Vice President, General Director of Horizon Media, Danielle Cohn, West Coast Lead, Executive Director of Mindshare and Neo Media World, Paul Wilmington, CEO of Canvas Worldwide, and our moderator today is Mark Egan, Managing Director, West Coast of Mediacom. During the conversation, be sure to submit any of your questions you have. You know the Q&A button at the, dot, at the bottom of the Zoom screen. We'll answer those questions at the end of the presentation. Thank you all again for being here today. I'm gonna turn it over started. Mark, it's all you. Thanks, Susan. Um, welcome everyone, very, very glad to have you here. Um, we'll start with just something so that the rest of the audience can understand your individual situations. Um, and I want to know how you guys are doing um, and wh what your immediate work environment is like. We're all working from home in different ways. Some of us have little nooks. Um, some of us are working in dining rooms and living rooms. Give the audience a sense of, of, of how you're working and how it's working out for you. Uh, Serena, let's start with you. Yeah. Um, hi, everybody. And, and thanks, Mark. Um, it's been interesting. Um, I've got two 14 year olds, um, a husband, a dog. I mean, we're fortunate to have a lot of room, um, but I quickly discovered I can't work in the kitchen dining room area. There is absolutely no respect for my personal space. Um, my kids shoo me out of their rooms if I pop in when they're in class, but they can just walk into my meetings when, with whatever they need. So I, we have a guest room off in the corner of the house, which I'm in now. I'm taking, I've taken that um, and hopefully we'll go in uninterrupted with this call, but just the whole, the whole of personal boundaries, the whole lack of that work 
workspace, home space, it's just kind of this chaotic mashup, no matter how much structure I try to put around it, every day just becomes super unstructured. Um, and for me, that's been challenging. I, I like complete separation between home and work. And, you know, that's been a struggle. Yeah, I understand. My, my dog definitely has no, no sense of personal space right now. Um, <laughs> Danielle, how are you doing? Um, hi, Mark. Um, I'm doing I'm doing well, generally speaking. I think um, it's the everybody thinks seems to be saying that you know the last difficult uh, for myself, my wife. It's probably been the, the 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 first week. That's that's been a massive shift for us. We were probably not ready. Uh, felt like I was in work mode, you know, the, right away as I was the, the week prior to the crisis. Uh, so it took it took us this, you know a good week to adapt, and then from that second week onwards. Things have sort of clicked. We got to sort of coordinate the kids, uh, take time. She also has a big job as well, so it's it's, it's been difficult. It's actually been a, a crescendo. Uh, I don't think I've ever spent as much time with with my kids, and I don't think I would have ever spent as much time with my kids. So that's been definitely a huge silver lining for for myself. Never had so many consecutive meals uh, with 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 the family together. Uh, if every every Sunday we kind of ask them whether they're ready to go back to school the day, the day after, and they say no, that's been kind of our benchmark. So if the kids are happy, we're fine. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's been obviously uh, kind of surreal, but we've, we've seen, at least in our household, you know, lots of positive, and I think we got used to it uh, from, from just you know, adapting awesome. to it. Awesome. Paul, tell us about your situation. Well, thank you. Um, firstly, Blessed and we myself are okay and well. Um, and to everyone who's tuning in, obviously a lot of empathy because of this uh, uh, situation we're in. Um, but uh, coming back to that theme, um, I've found that we've I've got into the groove. I'm one of those 50% that actually has adapted very well to this. Somehow the chaos of the family, I mean, I've got a uh, a senior at school. I've got a um, my daughter's at college, uh, and we got two dogs, but we got enough space. We escaped out of the city, and so we're kind of in uh, a rural environment. So we've got a lot of space. Um, I've taken over largely the kitchen, so you can kind of see there's a fireplace behind <laughs> in over there, and people do wander through. I mean, it's probably the worst place to be. Um, but it's actually worked out pretty well. You know, I can, I can mute. I mean, it's just nice to have, you know, the, the gang around me. And um, that's been, you know, to have the family, we've been able to kind of support each other has been pretty cool. But I agree with Daniele. It's like uh, uh, my family. I mean, I've had to adjust my, you know, being, you know, always on. Uh, you know, you've got to kind of balance. <laughs> You know, chill out, Dad. It's good. I've given my my daughter and son total permission to, uh, you know, give me a bit of a check uh, here and there, and uh, it's been appreciated. But uh, all is good. All is good. Um, and definitely early days. Um, you know, I'm a very positive person, and I'd say that, you know, there was that negativity, the dark thoughts. Uh, but I think as we've got used to this. I would say the pendulum has definitely swung for me to a more positive outlook. Uh, definitely those early days felt quite dark now in retrospect, but I'm sure everyone would say the same. But anyway, thanks for asking. Terrific. And, and, and we'll come on to, in a bit, um, 
some of those optimistic thoughts and, and how we think our business is going to transform for the better on the back of this. Um, but right now, um, let's talk about, you know, beyond the, the personal workspace and, 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 and um, construction and, and yard people and all, all this and that, what are the biggest challenges that you all are facing um, at work? And, and, you know, I know that that can take any angle, right? There's client challenges that we have. There's operational challenges that we have. Um, there's the reality of mental health challenges that, that all of our people are facing. Um, what, are, what are you seeing out there? Danielle, let's start with you. Yeah, sure. But you, you've, you've touched on mental health. I think, you know, what I said before that I had a lot more time to, 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 to focus on my kids. I also had a lot more time to focus on work. Uh, and I think it's just because, you know, all of those dead moments are gone. You know, um, you know, forget about, yes, the commute, of course, but also the small little things like, you know, moving from one conference room to the other, from one meeting to the other, going down the food trucks to get something to eat and then coming back, you know, going to the dry cleaner. So right now, life essentially just, you know, center around two things, works and family, family and works, I should say. Um, just that. Uh, and so there are days where you, you know, I just, I just move. From you know three you know being given handing over lunch from my wife, so that's been a challenge. Um, from a, from a from a work standpoint, obviously you know having to deal with an unexpected crisis, both in terms of clients and just having our people adapting from doing buying stewardship of clients to you know helping them brainstorming ideas, providing feeding them with POVs and and, and thought leadership, and then just communication, uh, just trying to keep it. Um, you know, um, calibrated, you know, um, first few weeks, it was all about checking in and being over communicative, you know, you, you fast forward 10 weeks, but now people had a little bit enough of that. And also hearing that, you know, some offices are using Fridays as casual Fridays without even turning their cameras on. Uh, so that, and that all sort of goes all around sort of the mental health effect and, you know, the, the, the need for us to being able to parse out more now than ever you know, life, life and work. Um, so I would say that's been the big on our side and my side. Yeah. Mental health. Def definitely, definitely something I think touching all of us. Paul, what do you think? Yeah. And I'd agree with a lot was previously said, but I think the number one challenge is uh, culture. I mean, without that, we're nothing. Hmm. Um, and I'd say nurturing, enriching. Uh, my sleepless nights have been about obviously the existential things, but really fundamentally the number one challenge challenge I think has been um, really thinking how we in this uh, unusual circumstance nurture the culture over communicating how do we remain connected we, we're a network of six officers uh, we have a huge office in Playa Vista and um, but you know big office in New York and growing office in New York and you know and, and, and outliers Dallas Atlanta and Chicago and um, and in fact, now one in, in Denver. Um, but it, 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 it is all about that. So I would say, you know, we've over-communicated. We've done everything we can at every level um, to engage. So it's not just top-down, it's bottom-up as well. Surveys, um, you know, the whole shooting match. But, uh, you know, all of that is in service of making sure that we feel like we're one canvas, that we're one community, um, that we're all tackling this 
you know, to use a, an overused, you know, stronger together. I think the second thing is the biggest challenge that we're going to face is that the economy is a bellwether for advertising. I mean, clearly, historically, you know, holding company, um, you know, stock price is often very, very aligned to the general stock price. But, you know, the economy at large, I think the other big factor that, you know, really I'm spending a lot of time really thinking about is how we're going to outthink what is generally going to be a very uh, depressed marketplace, uh, you know, an economic downturn, you know, um, unprecedented levels of, of unemployment, um, unprecedented levels of lack, you know, consumer lacking confidence. So, you know, the duality of that. So a little bit about our culture, which I think everything else will flow from, and then the broader marketplace, um, you know, those, those, those really big, um, big, big threats that we're going to have to face today and and really over the over the Great. next year so we've touched on mental health um culture and financial conditions um serena is it the same for you is there anything different um definitely been the same we've had all those challenges um i'd say our biggest focus has really been on mental health um you know i'm someone who loves to have personal contact with my teams and for me that means in person physically and so not having that has been a challenge um, you know, being worried about the folks who are living alone, um, being worried about parents with young children and how they're coping with, you know, getting their work done while at the same time trying to manage three children under the age of, of seven. Um, and so we've, you know, I know, we, you know, me and my HR team, we've done a lot of outreach because people don't necessarily volunteer that they're struggling. Um, and now, of course, my dog is barking. Um, and one, one employee whose wife is a nurse, um, she was working full time at the hospital. He was taking care of a six year old and a three year old and just really getting down about how he could get his work done. And, you know, by reaching out to him and having a conversation, you know, we moved work off his plate. So really making sure that we're taking care of our people because there's, these are tense times and there's such stress and we don't want them to have that added stress. You know, how do you work out flexible hours? Um, someone was having a hard time sharing child rearing responsibilities with her spouse and so she decided look he needs to work in the morning um, so I'm gonna be on the, with the children I'm gonna work in the afternoon and and just knowing that they work for a company that is flexible to all of their needs has been not a to meet those needs but you know checking in on everyone and making sure they're okay has been hugely important yeah I think I think you touched on something really important and I know for me you know listening goes beyond sort of audio and hearing what people say it's seeing people in the office seeing their body posture seeing how they're behaving are they up or are they down you know and and I don't have that so you know when you said people don't necessarily volunteer these things yeah, at least my next question. Like, so, and I'll start with you. How how do you collect that feedback? How how do you how do you keep on the pulse of of what's important to them and and feeling like you're in tune? So with one them? thing I've done personally, and I started this from day one. I send out a a very personal email. I've I've had to stretch as a leader. I've had to be a lot more vulnerable, a lot more open, and really let people into my personal life. While I've always feel like I've been emotionally connected with my team I, I, I have a I've always kind of had a line between personal and business and 
So from day one, I started a, a, a daily email. It's my morning musings. And it really is a little, it's a little bit of journaling for me, but it also lets my, I talk about what, what, what's challenging me. I talk about what's challenging me from a business standpoint, from a personal standpoint. I let them know when I have good days and, and bad days. Um, I let them know when I take time off and just get in the car and head up the coast to, <laughs> to clear my head. Um, I add a lot of humor to it. And the feedback I get is, thank you so much. I've been feeling really down. I'm having a hard, you know, or I'm having a hard time balancing. Like today's email, I basically said, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of my family. We've had way too much together time and I put them up for rent. And I said, for all those folks living alone, if you would like a family to come move in with you, they're yours and I can do contactless delivery. And I've gotten just, I got one note back from a young mother who was like, oh my God, thank you for saying that. She has an 11 month old baby. And she's kind of like at that point where, you know, she hates to say it, but she can't stand the kid right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, of course she loves her baby, but she's having a really hard time. And, and she just sent me this really long email where she was able to express how she's feeling. And I'm gonna reach out to her um, today and, and have a bigger conversation. But it's, the lovely thing is, is, is it's created just a forum um for conversation and outreach um which which has been really really nice i love that that's great to share paul what do you think how, how, how do you how do you compensate for that lack of um connectivity yeah no i, th I thought serena nailed it um the, i think that yeah that vulnerability um is an important part of giving people the permission showing your vulnerability as leaders and I would call it in the plural so I think we're all HR at the moment it feels to me as if the entire leadership team is has a, a role in that it's not you know we're all um, in that together to be checking in to be allowing people to be vulnerable to have the caution that you know the unspoken part of the conversation and I think we're doing it um, you know, I, I feel like the feedback's great, you know, and I, I think we, we're approaching it as if, as a leadership team, we're all, you know, we're not just trying to get the job done, and certainly that's an important part of it, um, but uh, really trying to nurture people that, and, and it is Mental Health Month, uh, so obviously all the other things that we can do, giving guidance, um, having... Um, forums where you know we can get experts in um we can talk about mental i think for the younger uh, population in a lot of our agencies and, and it goes across the board but i feel like they may never have faced these kind of periods um crises in a way that maybe some of us others have and therefore giving them resources and tools and techniques and but definitely one of the issues has been the always on, you know, the balance between your personal life and your 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 work life in in a in a studio apartment. Um, great empathy for that. So really giving permission to turn it off, giving permission people to take PTO. You know, you've got to do it yep. and do it. Close the computer down and really make sure that you go and take that walk and that you read the book and that you. Um, shut the news out. I, I've been a huge advocate for the, for, I mean, news is every, in every possible platform and channel. And if you allow that to seep into your life, it can create, 
you know, exacerbated anxiety. And I think trying to give guidance as to when you should and shouldn't. I mean, you know, I, I, again, I talk about my own practices a bit like Serena. I'm, I'm saying these are things that I do. This is how I'm, you know, and if it, if it gives a little bit of inspiration into that. Um, but here's the, the big lesson I'm learning is that, you know, through all this period of darkness, you know, what is incredibly uplifting is through all this stress and is, is the compassion and the uh, optimism and the good that people have shown. So that's one thing that, um, and the good is being shown in amazing ways. We have Good Humans Award. Every week we nominate, you know, X number of people and, you know, it just, and the little vignettes and examples of what they did to help their team members, whether it was onboarding someone, it was helping someone, it was diving in. And it's the most unusual of, it's probably the ones that were where people helped you. And I think that gives, again, further permission. And they're little vignettes. They're not just about me. They're vignettes into people's lives. And it, it I think, A, says we're all in this, what you're experiencing is what your colleague is as well. So you know, all of the above. Beautiful, beautiful. Danielle, how do you remain connected? I mean, you brought mental health up first. How do you remain connected? You know, and how do you, you know, there good feedback cycle going on for the people underneath you? Yeah, sure. It's very much so what, what Serena and Paul have said. Uh, one of the things that I've personally learned over the last nine weeks is not to stay the course. Um, and I think you guys were just alluding about you know, the notion of just being vulnerable. Um, you know, we were all coached about, you know, there's always been this misconception that you know, good leadership is all about being you know, steady and consistent and, and positive. You know, that's how we've been sort of trained and coached. And uh, you, then you realize that in a moment like this, you, you just can't be that way. And you don't have to be that way. So you know, why you want to be optimistic about the future, which I think for the most part, we all are. and We're seeing the good side of things. You don't have to be positive all the time, and it's absolutely fine to just to show up in, in, in on a call and just being you know down and just like you know just releasing the emotion, especially in a situation where everything is just done so um, um, artificially, if you will. Because yes, we're connected through videos, but like you know, the most difficult part of our interaction, which is reading body language and feeling people, uh, no longer exists. So you're seeing faces. So the hardest part of your job is still there. Uh, but the other is not. And as far as feedback from the team, we've seen that, you know, as humans, I think people have been looking for two things, reassurance and transparency, kind of equally. So if you think of, you know, as an example, that pre-COVID, you know, we were thinking about, you know, millennials being different as far as the generation and fascinating, and that's a whole different topic for another time. Right now, comes after COVID, you know, we're all pretty much the same. We're going through this same phases of emotion within the time frame of just a week. Um, uh, and it's, it's very, you know, consistent. Um, and, and so we've also seen that people have just becoming a lot more flexible and just willing to, to help, um, not just, you know, people around them, local communities, but also just even at work, just raising their hands, being a lot easier to uh, work across their accounts, across their offices. Uh, and 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 uh, and so that's the feedback that we have we have seen for the most store. So people are just trying to do their best to just contribute to the greater cause, whether it's the greater cause of the office in your company or just the greater cause of us as as just people in, in our society. Yeah, great. Um, you know, I think uh, you know I've found just reaching out. I, I'll send an IM to people periodically just to check in on them very directly, and I think. 
you know, they, well, well, I will say I'm the first to complain about the ding, ding, ding going on in teams right now. Um, and, and constant notifications. Um, I, I, I think just checking in, Hey, Hey, how are you? You know, you're doing a great job. I just want to make sure you're okay. And I think that those personal touches, um, are, are, are helpful for, for people just, just to have a moment of humanity. Um, and I think those things are important. And, and, and Mark, I mean, teams, I think everybody would agree that's been, you know, the best, the biggest blessing that we've had, but also the biggest curse, right? Because, yeah. you know, got us all so close to each other. But, you know, the second that a really annoying notification come up and we were just talking about it just before we went live, yeah. you just feel obliged, respectively, what you're doing and just connect. And us, you know, I felt guilty myself of maybe just having to wait too long when I see that green icon that somebody's actively thinking, well, what else is this person is doing? Clearly that person is in the house. Uh, and so it's just important right now as we get into week 10 and we know that we're going to have a few more weeks or if not months um, of sort of, you know, status quo yeah. of, of really sort of pressing that out and just make sure that we leverage and use technology to our advantage and, and not the opposite. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that all of a sudden, all of our obligations are sort of 22 inches from our face. Like, you know, it's, it's just so concentrated. It, it, it's, it's really a different situation. Um, so so you, you talked, Danielle, you brought up some um, great bits about um, <clears throat> some of the positivity in this, and I want to switch gears into that. Um, let's talk about maybe... Serena, I'll start back with you. Um, what are the, what are some of the things that have changed that are going to stick? And 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 ideally, what are the positive ones that we see? Hey, you know, because as we all know, like you know, in moments of crisis, equally they are equally moments of transformation and opportunity. Yeah. Right. So so what's what's different? What's changed that you're you think it to be super beneficial for us as we move forward? Well, the biggest thing for me is um, just my opinion on work from home. Um, prior to all this, if someone were to come to me and say, can I switch to a full work from home mode? I would have been really skeptical. Um, it was something that I personally never really thought would work. I was less open to it. I thought with our industry, it's all about collaboration. It's all about connection. We need to be physically together to achieve that that all <laughs> you know this has been the best beta ever if you want to look at the positive sides because honestly while i personally miss being in the office um if we had to go percent work from home permanently structure i know 100 percent without a doubt it works um and that's been really positive and i think coming out of this there will be a good amount of people who are going to want to work from home and and we are we are very 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 open to that. Um, our CEO asked us asked us the other day the leadership team is there any situation you can think of where you wouldn't allow someone to work from home once we come out of this and there wasn't a situation and our entire leadership team was 100% behind it. Um, so that's been really positive. You know I think it's going to completely how we hire. Um, you know we suddenly. It's not just, you know, especially being in LA, I think we all know it's, it's a small pool that we're all fishing from when it comes to finding good people. And, and now the pool just opened up. Um, I would have no hesitation if we found somebody great who lived in Kansas and wanted to stay in Kansas. Great point. Um, 
So that's been super, I think that's been super positive. Awesome. And I think, you know, we have creative teams, but back in New York, and I think, you know, and I was just on before this, a, a creative briefing session and, and a brainstorm session. I think do those in a virtual way. You can, you can do pretty much anything, yeah. you know, because those are very um, interaction driven and they were thing and, and, and um, um, emotional engagement. And so, so that's phenomenal. Um, Danielle, what do you think? What's, what's changing for the positive? Yeah, definitely the way in which we do stuff, as Serena uh, sort of alluded, or like, you know, we were putting up fights before, especially as local offices, just to make sure that we're getting talents on the ground, uh, nearby their account teams, functioning and, and disciplines. That's all gone. So I think right now, as we, as we look into the future, probably geographical proximity will become secondary, if not even tertiary, at, at least for the next couple of years, I would say. Um, skill sets, and probably most importantly, like mitigating impact on, on people, given the impact on our business that we some of us have had, uh, are the factors that will prevail. Um, then I would say that um, a much great, great level of not just collaboration, but maybe even some level of integration with amongst their operating companies within the same holding company, um, um, you know, trying, just trying to find, you know, synergies somehow that would allow us to, you know, grow alongside each other and as a collective, hopefully, Mark, um, you, you would agree on that. Um, I think those, those will definitely, you know, if we've seen shift over the last, over the last two, three years as to how, how we work together, and this is not just within the same holding company but just as an industry this will just further accelerate it so i think that's going to be uh, a positive just to, under the notion of you know we're in this together ultimately we're just trying to maintain our business survive it and and ultimately just trying to you know protect it as much as possible so there will be a lot more of you know us coming together paul to you what's going to change what's going to stick what's going to be amazing as we move forward yeah, and I'd agree with. Uh, I mean, I know this is a love fest, and we're all we're all in this together. Actually, uh, I, I think on an industry level, let me just approach it from there. But I think the parallel will be into our business as well. I think the digitalization. I think it is digital everywhere. I think you know the behaviours have fundamentally shifted to it being you know across every generation. Um, you know how grandparents are familiarizing themselves with Zoom and having to be a little bit more connected, and this notion that there were the you know the, the you know so we, I think we get that, but that's obviously going to impact us as as obviously how we respond internally. I think the the drive to efficiency um, with obviously the economic environment around us, I think that that's going to be a a factor. I think we're going to you know, maybe have that pendulum was kind of shifting definitely in the last decade towards the performance. I think we were seeing a little bit of a calibration back. I think it'll move a bit back towards the, you know, efficacy of what we do, uh, business outcomes. I think, you know, the economic environment, the, the, the imperative to prove what we do is going to be important externally and internally. And um, flexibility and speed, flexibility is going to be the name of the game. You know, every client, that's, you know, the, the, the buzzword and the notion of flexibility in a kind of upfront world clients. I mean, how can a client predict where they're going to be in 18 months time and how do we respond uh, reciprocally in that environment? So that's going to change everything that we do. Again, the media that have got more flexibility and built into it. Um, mm guess what? They're going to be winners in this environment. The ones that are going to sit there in their archaic 
kind of, you know, thrones, uh, 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 having to jump off those thrones. And we're, we're seeing that every day. Um, and, you know, the big other lesson I'm learning is, is really these actions. Um, actions speak as loud as the words. I'll, I'll put it that way. I, as opposed to just saying actions louder than words. And what I mean by that is in this current environment, you know, we can't divorce ourselves from the message. So the medium is obviously critical, the environment. We, um, but what we do what the industry does. I mean, I've been so assured by clients who stepped up and have pivoted away from saying things and actually fundamentally trying to do things in this environment. And I think that's going to be really great. And I think that that's also an important thing that we as leaders have to do. We, we have to not just talk about things. We have to show vulnerability, transparency, you know, all of these things are really, you know, actions that, that are going to be imperative. But the, the, the net net externally is the fact that communications will be forever changed. We're not going to see as much glitz and glamour. I think that's going to be a big creative issue uh, going forward, a messaging issue. But the fact that brands are stepping up and really thinking about what their purpose in life is. I mean, we've been talking about purpose mark for a long time. is going to be really, really important. I think consumers are looking for that. And I think, again, this period has kind of reshaped and where we come out and what will be the rebalance of that. But again, I, I'm, I'm jumping between the external and the internal. I think that's also imperative for leadership. It's imperative for, for us. It's, it's not, you know, vacuous email from a CEO that's in a foreign distant land. It's, it's, it's really actions are going to speak louder than words in terms of how we get out of this, how we reassure people about the re-entry plan. Do we have the right re-entry plans? Right. What's the tangibility of those vulnerabilities anyway so um, yeah I covered a lot of ground but you know I'm sure that's yeah. <laughs> similar for all some of the ground you got into and, and I think we've been talking about our own operations most of the time but as we look outwardly in our industry and and to the publisher and tech side um you know what is the ch what's the biggest change that we expect to take place in the coming months and years perhaps you know there's a a lot of discussion about you know is there going to be an upfront is it going to be the same i mean i think certainly we all believe in reserve versus not reserved in those principally being different areas but um you know are we going to see consolidation you know you know what is it and and i, I take you know we're in a very uncertain environment um uh, but but what do you think we're going to see um serena we're going to see a lot more just getting back to basics um you know i i think we've industry for a number of years now well you know well we certainly enjoy the upfronts i think we've all thought we don't need them i mean from a we don't need the glitz and glamour of them we all don't need the schlep to arc and the big dog and pony show um and i think for some time we've thought that there needs to be a change and you know it was interesting now that you know they're starting to come back out that you know fox did a two minute upfront and you're almost like where was that the yeah. last <laughs> five years i mean i love loved it yeah i don't we're not going to come out of this and just go back to the same way everything was and i and i i do think we're gonna it's, it's things are going to be more real um they're going to be more authentic mm -hmm. and they're going to be a lot more conscious people aren't going to want to travel um that's going to be a big thing coming out of this, you know, until there's a vaccine and until we do feel like things are back 
to normal, um, things are going to have to be done, you know, from a video standpoint. I think, you know, we're not going to be hopping on a plane to go to our clients every other week because there's a meeting. Um, and I think we're going to, you know, we're going to be a lot, I don't think we're going to have as many in-person meetings in the, in the office. You know, we're talking about that now. How do we monitor who's coming into the office? How, you know, are we going to let people into the office? You know, it all, you know, all those questions that we're all grappling with, as, as I know we're all talking about, are, 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 but um, it is going to be very, very different. And, you know, we're, we're talking about that now. How is it going to be different? I know as an industry, we've always wanted to really think about what is the agency of the future. Yep. And while I know we get bits and bobs of it right, none of us have quite figured out what the agency of the future is. And I think the agency of the future is going to be forced upon us. Um, and we're all really going to have to adapt to a whole new way of working awesome on, all perspective. on all sides. Awesome perspective. Daniele, what do you think? Uh, to your point, Mark, earlier, we shall see. I think it's, everything is going to center around human interactions, honestly, and how quickly we'll, we'll be in kind of like either good trying to go back to normal or not. Right now, I don't know about you guys, but every time I watch a, a movie or a show and somebody is skis or hugging, handshaking. There's no time that I look at my wife and say, this is just not going to happen anymore, at least for you know, the next maybe two or three years, I would say, before eventually we're going to come around. I think for everything else, it's going to be just an acceleration of changes and trends that we are already, that we're already on their way. So if you think of something like, like cash, you know, it's been you know, meant first by checks, then credit cards, then, then payment apps. Post-COVID, you almost can think of a world where, you know, cash is still going to be prevailing. It's almost gross just to think about that. Contactless, right now, it's the one word that's part of every single lexi lexicon, every single restaurant or food app puts that as a first feature. Uh, we'll maybe get to a point, you know, a few years from now where there will be even sort of cash tax uh, that we'll have to pay if, if, if that's the only option that we have. And, you know, retailers may even be unequipped or feel, un, you know, antiquated if not able to keep up with, with new technologies as a result of that. I think to Serena's point, travel will obviously be impacted. I think less on a personal level. We as human species will still have to travel and go and see places and people that we care. On the business side, I think that's going to come down at least 70%, 80%. You know, we've all been used to seeing travel being frozen in Q4. But that's only been for like three months. Now we all have a fiscal or a calendar year to assess. And I think COVID, it's less about, I think COVID has been, the, it's going to be the trigger. But once CFOs and, and management will see the, the, the that this is going to have and actually how much we're able to do virtually, uh, I can only imagine that that travel can only, will only be able to be approved by your CEO or potentially if it's a client mandate. But even then, it's kind of like hard to think right now for a client to ask you to go and visit them. Um, so I think for me, those are going to be like, you know, the, the, the major changes in what's going to impact us oh, oh, I want to um, shift a little bit and move to Paul. Uh, how have client behaviors or agendas changed in this moment, um, you know, it's my observation that um, clients that live in some state of chaos, this is a very difficult moment. Um, but clients who have a pretty clear roadmap um, and clear priorities, um, this is a bit more of a stable moment for them. Um, you know, how, how, how do you see? 
Yeah, Quite. no, that's a great question. Um, well, listen, I think like all of us, um, at the outset, I think it was the shock to the system. So I think we all know back, you know, 10, eight to 10 weeks ago, we were all really grappling. We were moving very fast. There were a lot of, um, you know, uh, mixed signals coming out of every, every sector, but I think we balanced it. I, um, I, I think that the first thing I would say is that never before have I to all of my clients and I think the teams because and and never before have you know the light bulb went off how critical what we do um, is the largest and of course if you do comms planning beyond even the media it is the totality of spend but certainly media is the biggest line item so I think we've shown as an industry media services has shown how critical it is to th that relationship with clients so i've never seen more engagement more partnership because there wasn't a road map there wasn't a yes i think the collaboration the kind of to and fro i think clients saying to us this is what we're thinking can you go and model it out what do we think how much might we need to shift all of those kind of decisions i felt we i mean of course what it's done is it's the the, the downside is that a lot of it has been negative actions initially we're getting back to more positive actions but it was it was summed up by a couple of clients i did a town hall and i actually had two clients actually videoed little um, videos so that all cameras could just get their appreciation but one of the clients really summed it up saying you've been in the trenches with us each of our decisions have been interoperable and our partnership has been more than ever and he said and 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 he said the irony is not lost on us as clients that you've been helping us in in such a negative context and a lot of what you've been doing has by and large initially been negative you know, the negative may have been certain amounts of cancellations or certain amounts of moves mm. or certain amounts of... But what, what I think is it reaffirmed, I think what, what we're going to see is a, um, a different kind of relationship mm. uh, going to forward. Yes, it's going to be a flexible relationship, but those that can be speedier and more flexible and uh, help solve problems, I've always said this, we're not in the media business, we're not in the advertising, solving problems every day business. And if we, and never before have we had to solve more problems that we didn't have a roadmap <laughs> for. So uh, yeah, and, and, and I think the clients understand that as well. So I think the clients have shown compassion and vulnerability and, um, you know, and, and, that, and that has also led to good collaboration. But you're right, you're across different spectrums and you can't, you know, clients that obviously have been much more severely impacted um, have obviously had certain responses versus those that, you know, um, but the nuances are so complex, you know, from messaging to media, to the impact on your your PL, your supply chain, to your retail environments, to uh, how you know it's, it's endless. But it, it's what gets me up and really excited that part of it. And I I hope a constituent within all of our agencies will rise to the challenge. You can't paint by numbers. I mean, I know we couldn't do that for the last decade, but certainly you can't paint by numbers anymore. <laughs> Great. Great, great metaphor for the moment we're in. Serena, how, how uh, client behaviors changed um, on your side and have you adapted? I mean, I think Paul captured so much of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I will say just 
the overwhelming sense of appreciation. Um, not to say that our clients didn't appreciate us before. We don't always, they don't always say it. We don't always feel it. We're, a, you know, it's always get this done, deliver, and we deliver. And they just expect it. And it's been really nice and it's been really amazing for the teams to, you know, obviously they're moving today, especially during those first three weeks um, where we were all scrambling. Um, and the overwhelming amount of appreciation that we're getting from our clients has, has just been a tonic. Um, but, you know, we haven't had, you, you just don't, um, so that, that's, that's been really nice. It's been really nice. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, I think that's often what our people live for. And yeah. um, um, it, it's been good to, to have positive reception on a lot of the proactive stuff that we've done in this moment. Daniele. Uh, the team has said it already. Yeah, we <laughs> use the word appreciation. It's, it's acknowledging, it's empathy. You know, we've received videos from clients thanking us. It felt like, you know, we're not even, you know, frontline workers. We're just, you know, buying impressions at the end of the day. But it's sort of rare dynamics that just before we were not seeing or we were not thinking about it. And, and it really takes, it literally just takes an email, a thank you, a shout out to to a to an associate or a planner or anybody just to just to feel you know to 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 feel good about it and see i think that's been the most the, the biggest change because ultimately we we've all sort of level set uh, as, as humans so the whole notion or distinction between uh, an agency your client again that's another one that i feel like you know things have sort of recalibrated and hopefully that will that will just continue because there is no call right now that doesn't start really with the how are you in a very sort of genuine way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think to um, um, bounce to some Q and A. I think you know, for me, the clients on our side, you know, it, it you know, it's a delicate. They're in a fragile emotional state, and I think our, our people have needed to operate, you know, with a very specific tone. Um, and not, you know, appreciate the moment at hand. And I think that has led to a lot of emotional bonding, as Serena mentioned, and, and it has been great. Um, and I, I, I do think, to your point, more than ever, they feel like this team's, this team's with me. This is my team. And, um, and I think that's been good to see because there hasn't always been in the past several years necessarily a, a the most positive dialogue in the press out there yeah. um about the relationships and and i think this is helping mend some fences perhaps i i would i would hope um susan um do you want to tackle some q a now yeah, great conversation you guys enjoying it um a few questions have come in that i just wanted to make Make sure we do too and i think in talking about the client relationship such an important part of this too curious about um, new business and what are those challenges as you're pitching new business and is that happening um, if a couple of you could address it because I, I hear from some of you that there are pitches happening what's that like these days oh, yeah I mean I'm happy to chime in we've, we've got a couple pitches happening um, it's been it's been interesting you know I think that's been a really interesting thing from a team standpoint to do that all the internal work virtually 
Um, and I don't always know if that's working as well. I don't think that's worked quite as well. It's working, but not quite as well as just the general getting the client work out has. Um, I think the, the presentations have been interesting. It's a little hard to create chemistry and to really get the, that, that point of, yeah. of chemistry across when you're um, presenting over teams. Um, it's very hard to read the room. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's been interesting. I mean, I've had pitches that have been postponed. Um, so hoping that those will eventually get back on track. Um, but I think we're going to start seeing more new business coming up as people realize that we're going to be in this situation for a while. Um, I think a lot of the postponed pitches will probably back before we're all, we're all back um, and out of our homes. But it's it's been interesting and there's been some lessons learned. Um, we need to do a debrief, a team debrief on a pitch that we just had, <laughs> um, you know, that was an interesting one and, you know, probably not our best showing, but, you know, good considering the circumstances. Yeah, and I, I'd, I'd chime in and say that it was, it was actually quite a surprise how active it has been. We, we've been multiple, multiple pitches actually, and we had one very early on and it was, that was, you know, we got a lot of the wrinkles out. I mean, everything from, you know, how do you rehearse? Um, agree with Serena. I've actually found the dialogue with the clients um, and consultants, but um, has been actually twofold better. Um, but so, as in, you can have. I think everyone's got into more iterative rather than. Oh well, we, once a week we're going to give you. You know, you've got to cut and and because you've avoided all that travel in between. Please, will you travel here? We're going to come and do a chemistry meet. You know, you you can do it iteratively, and I feel like the briefings have been much better. And I think you know, we've always said like get to the best brief, get to the best insights, get to the best, you know, the more access that you can provide both ways, you're going to get a better outcome in a pitch. It's not just a vanity, you know, exam question you're answering. So certainly that's been a positive. Um, but I think we did early experience was, yeah, definitely figuring out your technology. How do you get that balance to the EQ to the IQ? Often it's said that, you know, even though you've got all the scores, you know, it's supposed to be all IQ driven, then someone behind the scenes says, well, I really like that team. I like the chemistry. So how do you build your respect between your members when they're, um, how do you break the ice? How do you humanize it? The interesting thing though is because everyone's in their living room, kitchen, bedroom, it's a very human thing. Whereas the sterile corporate boardroom at either our or, or someone's location, actually weirdly doesn't show you know your best you know real person so i think there's pros and cons but we've won some business and we're waiting on some stuff and uh, but I actually i you know i thought it was going to be wackier than it's been <laughs> it's actually, you know i mean it's been, it's actually been quite enjoyable i mean the one thing uh, i'll tell one tale out of turn and it was uh, we were in a team's environment we were pitching on zoom and uh, someone had actually pulled up there we were going through the analytics part of the pitch and it was and 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 then we, but we we had a feed going and the feed popped up oh <laughs> god and the feed popped up and it, thank God it was just one team member talking to the other team member. And it didn't say, and we, you know, it wasn't, but it was just then you go, 
how did that happen? Because we were in Zoom, but we were working in teams internally. But it was because we obviously had our... So you've just got to, like, you've got to think of every possible conceivable <laughs> bit of technology. But it was quite, it was quite innocent. And it did humanize us because we were talking to each other behind the scenes, <laughs> which, of course, you can't. The benefit is you can do that. Sorry, the, the, the positive, but the negative was you know, it popped up. As a, anyway, sorry. <laughs> it was funny. I would say uh, probably pictures are probably the only one instances that would actually take us back into the office just for the reason that you guys have mentioned like you know um the coordination amongst your team and the queuing and sort of that, that that's that's for us it's been like you know the only downside you're right you know paul uh, you can be in the comfort of your kitchen and just you know have have your notes it's just cozy you, you don't feel the stress of traveling getting into the meeting room all of that um but it does it does require quite a lot of experts and everything can just go wrong uh, you know, and we've learned over the last 10 weeks, you know, how to play videos and how to minimize the amount of streaming that you want to put just to, you know, mitigate the risk. Uh, the one good side is that, you know, you can actually have a great casting of people from all over the world. You know, travel costs are no longer a hurdle. So we had a pitch that, you know, pre-COVID would have never happened to have that many representations from all over the globe. And it, and it, just, it just actually brought our footprint, global footprint, to life in a lot more uh, tangible way. So pros and cons, I still haven't necessarily wrapped my head around whether I like to do them more virtually, I don't think so. Um, but um, um, it's, it's been an interesting experience. Interesting as well, the North American pipeline, I feel like it's, it's healthier than some of the other regions as well, um, at least with, with compared to Europe. It will be interesting to see what's going to happen over the next six to nine months. Uh, but so far, it's actually been quite healthy. I'll chip in. Um, we've been pitching a load lately. I don't know why, but um, we have. Uh, and pick up on something impulsive. There's some human moments in it that are hard, right? Like if, if you think through the beginning of, of, of a pitch, um, and, and one part that I, I'm particularly fond of is just getting a war room together and, you know, beginning to, to, to get down your thoughts and research and dig in and post ideas and stats and, and hypotheses on the wall and to, and to begin to cluster things. I think the process that you go through in doing that, I'm very tactile about that. Um, you know, it's like, it's like getting a band together and trying to sort through and create a song. And <laughs> that's really hard when you're not together. Um, it's, it's, it's hard not to, to hear, to really hear and feel curiosity and, 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 and all these things that, that are associated with those dig-in moments at the front end of a pitch that lead to inspiration. And, and, and even, you know, one more human moment is just, you know, when you're doing Q&A with a client on, on a session like this, you know, you've kinda, you're kind of reading off of something, you've got someone in front of you, but you're taking notes. It, it's really hard to have um, the, the body language, right, and, and, and to, to read people and, and do all those things and try and build a connection inside three minutes um, in that type of environment. So um, I think that part of it's not easy. Yeah, I agree. Just a little bit about clients. One of the questions that came through, it talked about 
um, the relationships with the rep community, the vendor community, right? That that's always been part of the the biggest um, portion of where time is spent. How has that changed? Um, Are you still taking those meetings? Are you shortening those meetings? <laughs> How are you meeting with new, new existing partners and reps? I'll say I, oh, go ahead, Serena. I think you're chatting, you're on mute. Oh, Serena, you're on mute. There, sorry. Am I back? Um, we're definitely taking the meetings. I have been surprised at how many meetings um, the teams have actually been doing. Um, the bigger presentations have been interesting. Um, you know, I think like us, our vendor partners are figuring out how to present their, their bigger ideas, their bigger platforms, um, you know, on Teams and on, and on Zoom. Um, so that's been interesting. But yeah, we, I mean, we have that connection going to have the meetings that we usually would have, but then there's also just this, you want to be aware of this over, flow of meetings that seem to be happening. So it's it's a delicate balance and, and trying to be um, aware of people's time. I would say that, and it's not just with vendors and publishers, just amongst ourselves. It, it, we've, we've recalibrated the need of having a meeting um, more so than anything else. So whether it's, it's a publisher or, or a internal meetings, We've just been past three to four weeks to take to take meetings. Uh, we do definitely want to have um, publishers just coming to us and just sharing their perspective as to you know what sort of the research and the insights that they're running themselves, uh, especially if it's category led that could really help us that we sort of fulfill some of the gaps that we have. So just like the information educational side of of what we can actually extrapolate from those meetings as opposed to just purely just selling, you know, the new capability or the new, or the new, or the new space or, or, or product have, have probably been prioritized um, uh, over, over the last 10 weeks. Yeah, I'd agree with what was said. I mean, what I found, I mean, almost to exhaustion, the efficiency of being able to organize meetings. I mean, we all have, you know, literally morning till night. Um, you can, you can pack in a lot when you're sitting in a kitchen or a, you know, these Zoom meetings, you know, literally back to back and jumping from one to the other. With the leadership uh, at the, on the, and the media owner side and publisher side to be great because I think there was this, a kind of, you know, they, a lot of early check-ins. There was a lot of kind of, again, the same, you know, I've, I've, I've welcomed vulnerable conversations, real honest conversations, not the posturing of us versus you. And But I'd say the big rallying cry is that, you know, um, I, I mean, I think it's balanced more to the um, IQ part of it. I mean, the EQ, obviously, that whole relationship building that, you know, I mean, obviously, that whole um, media community is kind of always tried to balance. And sometimes I, I think they get it a bit wrong. They, 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 they try and overemphasize the EQ to the IQ. I think now it's all about solve problems come with great thinking, bespoke, bespoke, spoke and it's a, it's a kind of English phrase but like think about not just the generic I'm touching base and we're all in this together yeah I mean we, we've got that empathy part but you know never before I think it's like you know please you've got to really think this there's no hierarchy in the media order at the moment um so you know you, you've got to get to your homework get to understand 
the clients. Um, you know, uh, and and I agree. You know, everything we said about them, you know, less of the um, less of the pizzazz and all that. You know, the BS in the business. And I think that we're really going to be down to, you know, hard tangible solutions that are going to help solve problems and if you if you if you have that as your north star you know then then you you're going to be better off in the way that you engage with agencies and the way that you engage with clients great question mark anything else from you i'd say um yeah and i suppose it's advice on the publisher side make the best possible use of the time i mean you know we've all talked about how ourselves and our teams are really time strapped in this moment and i think having a purposeful and meaningful agenda going into a call and i'll say my pet peeve is saying hey i'm going to talk about these three things and then those three things are, are nowhere to be found <laughs> um I, you know making it count right and um we're all in a difficult moment and um we need we all need to make it count that's what i would say incredible um i want to finish here on time 12 o'clock well done everybody um I, I just one last comment too and a question that came in it talked about you know in a time like this too those departments like hr and the administrative and it those de those departments really are elevated to a centers. Um, and so it's it's interesting to see how culture changes, how everybody has to take on a piece of that as we as we move ahead. Are you guys seeing that that there is kind of a, a redistribution of roles and responsibilities where everybody's having to pick up a part of of like I said, what what used to be HR, that's part of your job now, or you're elevating those departments um, that maybe are on the front lines with clients. How do you see that changing? Yeah, I think that, I mean, everyone's got a task force. We've got a couple of task forces. And I think that, you know, obviously the central role of HR in those, but I think there's been a great appreciation for people who are in facilities, great appreciation for our legal group. You know, they've been the backbone of a lot of the, you know, the foundational work that we're doing in this. And I think that actually, you know, they're often unsung heroes um, in, in all of our lives. I mean, HR's obviously you know, HR isn't just, you know, recruitment. It's, it's a fundamental part of driving training, enrichment, um, progression, culture, you know, all of those things. Right, you know, I, I think there's been a great, um, I think that has actually, you've almost made me think of it, and this is not, I'm post-rationalizing it a little bit, but there's been a huge benefit to the way that, you know, we, we, we've appreciated and understood all of the component parts that makes organization. Um, and I think, you know, bravo to all those um, slightly, you know, don't get credited always in the new business win and all the rest of it. So, you know, I, I, I think that's been very, very appreciated uh, um, all the way through the org, org. Thank you for that. I want to wrap up, you guys, what a great conversation. Um, I appreciate you all taking time. I know everyone's got stacked up Zoom meetings, so thank you for taking time for being here today. Thank you for everyone who attended. We've got more great programming coming up. Again, make sure you're signed up for our newsletter. There's gonna be a survey that goes out on this. We wanna hear back from you. Um, again, more good programming. If you have ideas, send them our way because
because like everybody else, we are, we are learning as we go. We are adapting and we're ready for change too. So thank you very much for coming out today. Thanks to the panelists and we'll see you soon. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. To find out more about our upcoming webinars and events, please go to thinkla.org. You'll also find information on membership and how we continue our mission of serving the Los Angeles advertising, marketing, and media community. Take care.